0: In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to respond to one of my critics who repeatedly says that the solution to everything that I bemoan, the solution to the collapse of our culture, is to just send your kids to Sunday school. I disagree with this, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thanks so much for listening into the show. And I say that almost every time I introduce the daily program because I mean it. I'm grateful for your loyalty. I'm grateful to all of you out there who are listening on a routine basis. And I'm also very thankful to all of you who copy and paste links to your favorite episodes of The Rebellion and put them out there in your social media. We continue to grow. We're averaging between sixty and seventy thousand listens per month, and I want to improve that, obviously. And the way to do so is for you to continue to promote the rebellion within your social circles, within your social media. So please, please continue to listen, and please continue to copy your favorite episode, a link to your favorite episode, and post it out there in Facebook and Parler, and me, we, and Gab, and. Twitter and whatever other social media you use, all of the above, please make sure other people know that you enjoy The Rebellion and that you encourage them to listen in too. And also, when you go to uh, your favorite platform, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, or whatnot, please consider giving us a five-star rating. That improves our algorithm, algorithms excuse me, and more people will listen in. So thanks so much. Today's topic is a response to one of my critics who follows me on the Washington Times. He inevitably comments on every single article I write, and I don't think he's ever said anything positive about anything that I write. Now, he portrays himself as a biblical Christian, but it doesn't matter what I write on a weekly basis. This guy, who goes by the first name of Harry, responds very vitriolically, to all of my commentary, and he often says, you're missing the point, you're bemoaning a problem, and you're ignoring that the solution is to just send your kids to Sunday school. Quit ripping on culture. Quit criticizing Democrats. Quit focusing on Joe Biden. Stop talking about critical race theory. And by all means, would you please stop criticizing LGBTQIA ideology? He will always say this, and he will always respond by saying, you are attacking education. You're attacking our local schools. That's not the problem. That's not the problem. Parents need to teach their kids morality. That isn't the place of the school to do so. You're completely misguided. You're off base. And if parents would just do their jobs and send their kids to Sunday school, all that ails us would be cured. That's his position, and I'm going to tell you in today's show why I disagree with him. Now, at first blush, you might be surprised because you know that I am a biblical Christian. You know that I believe the biblical worldview is the cure to all that ails us. So why would I disagree with a guy who says, just send your kids to Sunday school, get your kids back involved in the church, and our culture would be healthy again? I'm going to explain to you why I think he's dead wrong. And I'll do so after we take this break. I'm going to share some statistics that are coming out of a research center at Arizona Christian University. Statistics that have been been compiled by the nationally known pollster George Barna. These statistics will tell you why I think Harry is uh, wrong and why I think his solution is completely misguided. I'm Dr. Everett Piper and this is The Rebellion and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. So, welcome back to The Rebellion. So before the break, I told you that what I want to do is respond to this criticism that I've received frequently from one of my followers at The Washington Times, a a man who doesn't agree with anything that I say or anything that I write. Again, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. He's never said anything positive about an article that I've written. He would disagree with everything that I say, on the rebellion, because what I say on the rebellion is consistent with what I write, obviously, because it's all grounded in the same philosophical, ontological, epistemological, and theological arguments. Uh, uh, consistency is something that I think I'm guilty of. <laughs> if I'm nothing else, I would argue that I'm consistent, uh, annoyingly so. So, anyway, what I want to deal with right now is the response from this particular critic, Harry, who is consistently <laughs> in disagreement with my, with my consistency. Now, I'm not going to focus on any particular thing that he disagrees with, because, like I've said, it doesn't matter what the topic is. He will come back with a contrary view. Uh, what I'm going to focus on instead of uh, zeroing in on some position that I've taken in the past, whether it be LGBTQIA or whether it be critical theory, critical race theory, intersectionality, white supremacy whether it be big government versus small government, whether it be local control versus hierarchical top-down government. Yeah, I've written on all of these things. I've written on education repeatedly, and he just comes unglued. Harry loses his mind when I criticize the local schools. Again, like I said in the introduction, that's not the problem, he'll cry. It's not our local schools. you're, You're blaming the schools for the lack of moral integrity, for the lack of character in our culture. That's not the school's responsibility. They're not the problem. If parents would just do their jobs, they could counteract. He's actually said this. They could counteract any of the stuff that's wrong in the local schools by being good parents. And, by the way, he'll say, just send your kids to Sunday school. He constantly says that. That's his language. Send your kids to Sunday school. That'll solve all that ails us. Now, why would I disagree with this? Why would I disagree with that response? As you know, I'm a conservative Christian. I'm a biblical Christian. I hold that the Bible is inerrant, infallible, authoritative, and true. It's objectively factual. It's God's objective revelation to mankind. It is truth with a capital T. So why would I disagree with a guy that says, just send your kids to Sunday school? You would think that, That's something I would agree with, right? Well, I do think sending our kids to church and Sunday school is a good idea, but you have to send them to a good church and a good Sunday school. If all you're doing is sending them off to quote-unquote Sunday school in a church that no longer is grounded in the inerrancy of Scripture, in a biblical worldview, if you're sending them to a Sunday school that is wrong— teaching wrong things, a Sunday school, for example, or a church denomination that has bought into some of the lies of our culture, then I would argue that you're sending your kids to a school, a Sunday school, a church that's being led by a wolf in shepherd's clothing. Remember the quote that I've given you over and over again. I believe it was from a Catholic priest. I can't remember which one. I should have written it down so that I could tell you the source of this quote. But the quote is this. Wolves in sheep's clothing are dangerous, but wolves in shepherds' clothing are downright deadly. One more time on that quote. Wolves in sheep's clothing are dangerous, but wolves in shepherds' clothing are downright deadly. So what I think Harry is missing in his constant criticism of me and my conservatism, is that if you're sending your kids off to a church, a denomination, if you're sending your kids off to a Sunday school that's being shepherded by a wolf, then that's a problem. A wolf in sheep's clothing is bad enough, but a wolf in shepherd's clothing is going to kill your kids. So, sending your kids to... Sunday school, if that Sunday school is housed in a church that's apostate, that's preaching Gnosticism rather than the gospel, if you're sending your kids off to a church in a Sunday school that's bought into the intersectionality and the claims of privilege, the racism of anti-racism, if you're sending your kids off to a Sunday school that actually teach teaches collective blame rather than personal repentance and responsibility. If you're teaching your kids off to a Sunday school that answers the question that G.K. Chesterton answered when he was asked to write an essay on what's wrong with the world, his answer was, I am. Now, if your Sunday school is teaching that the answer to that question is, they are, rather than I am, that's the wrong answer. You don't point the finger outward and blame everybody else. The answer to all that ails us is not collective blame. It's personal confession, personal responsibility, personal repentance. It's looking in the mirror and saying, I'm the problem. It's not looking out the window and saying, you're the problem, they're the problem. That is the difference in a good Sunday school, a good church, and a bad Sunday school, in a bad church. And if you're sending your kids to the bad one, that's not the solution, Harry. I mean, my land, and to claim that the parents have the responsibility to correct everything that's wrong with the local public school system, well, yeah, you do have the responsibility to correct it, but maybe you had the responsibility in the first place to stop sending your kids to those debauched propaganda mills in the the first place so that your kids wouldn't be indoctrinated with that crap that you have to then correct. And by the way, they're spending more time in that public school than they'll ever spend at your dinner table. And we know that. That's just a quantitative fact. So Harry has his head in the sand. I obviously believe that. Well, let's look at some data. OK, Let's go back to this data that comes out of the uh, Arizona State, Unir- excuse me, not Arizona State, forgive me, Arizona Christian University. Now, here are some quotes that are coming out of their research center, which is which is led by George Barna, a national pollster at Arizona Christian University. The president there is Dr. Lynn Munsell. Dr. Lynn Munsell, good guy, good university, Arizona Christian University. They've actually got the spine and the backbone, the moral clarity, the biblical fortitude to actually house this research center that gives us interesting statistics on... What's going on in culture, good and bad? Well, what I'm going to share with you right now isn't good. Here's a quote. A large majority of American pastors do not possess a biblical worldview, according to the latest findings from American Worldview Inventory, 2002, conducted by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. In fact, this quote says, just slightly more than a third a third, that's 37% to be exact, of American pastors have a biblical worldview. Only 37% of American pastors have a biblical worldview. And the majority of these pastors, 62%, embrace a hybrid worldview known as syncretism. Now, what is syncretism? It's a claim that, all paths lead to the same summit. It doesn't matter what you believe, as long as it works for you. You can be Christian. You can be Buddhist. You can be. Uh, you can be agnostic. You can actually even be an atheist. But we're all on the same journey. It's it's not the destination that matters. It's the journey. So. We're we're all going to end up in the same place anyway. You may think you're heading to a different destination, but enjoy the ride. Just enjoy the fun of the journey, recognizing that multiple paths will all lead us to the same God. That's syncretism. Now, does it shock you to learn that 62% of American pastors, and I would argue that implies Sunday school teachers, if not more, Embrace a hybrid view of religion known as syncretism. In other words, the exclusivity of the gospel. The claim of Jesus that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and no one comes unto the Father but by him. Jesus said that seems to be a pretty exclusive rather than syncretistic claim, doesn't it? Back to this quote from Arizona Christian University's Cultural Research Center. This all-new National Survey of Pastors also evaluates worldviews based upon pastoral positions within the church. Among senior pastors, for example, 4 out of 10, 41%, have a biblical worldview. Now I'm going to say it a different way. Only 41% have a biblical worldview, which means nearly 60% of senior pastors don't. Now it gets worse. The next highest number amongst the pastoral staff is 28% of associate pastors have a biblical worldview, only 28%. And only 13%, 13% of teaching pastors and children's pastors and youth pastors are only at 12%. Only 13% of teaching pastors have a biblical worldview, and children's pastors and youth pastors, the number's only 12%. Unless you think it can't get worse, executive pastors, what's their number? Executive pastors would be those that are actually running the business of the church, building the budget, helping establish policies, mission statements, and those types of things executive pastors, they recorded the lowest level of any of those groups. Their biblical worldview comes in at a whopping 4%. Only 4% of America's executive pastors have a biblical worldview. Now, you say, well, what's a biblical worldview? Well, the research that we're talking about measured a biblical understanding across eight different key categories, and found this, that for seven of the eight categories, a minority of pastors possess a biblical worldview. A slim majority of pastors possess a biblical worldview, for example, in the meaning and purpose category. In other words, what's a human being's meaning, and what is our purpose? The lowest of all the categories being measured was this— Beliefs and behaviors related to the Bible, like truth and morality. Does the Bible teach an objective standard, an immutable standard, on what you need to believe, and what's true, and what's moral? Only 39% of pastors possessed a biblical worldview in this area. This should cause you to wake up. Many of you listening to me right now attend church. So the, the question you should be asking is, where's my church? Where's my pastor? Where are the Sunday school teachers that we use to teach our kids? So if Harry is arguing that the solution to all that ails us is to just send your kids to Sunday school, don't you think you ought to be asking the question as to what the Sunday school teacher actually believes? Does he believe the Bible is true? Does he believe that the moral teachings of Scripture are absolute? Does he believe that uh, life is defined by God and not by culture or not by government? Does he believe that marriage is a sacrament of the church, or at least an objective standard dictated by God and not made up by man? How about the definition of a male and a female? Does God define what's male And female, or does culture? Does the individual? How about salvation? Is Christ the only way, the only truth, and the only life? Is he the only way to salvation, eternal life? Is he the only way to God the Father? Or are there other ways? How about sin? Are we all sinful, or are we all good human beings that basically, you know, because of our goodness, we're all going to get there in the right place in the end anyway, so stop making a big deal, being so judgmental. How about basic scriptural principles, like, um, are you supposed to judge, or are you not supposed to judge? We always hear this, judge not lest he be judged. Does your Sunday school teacher, or even your pastor, have the basic biblical understanding to, to know that... Two sentences later, or maybe it's three or four, in the next paragraph, Jesus himself tells us how to judge. By their fruit, you shall know them. So Jesus isn't telling us not to judge. He's saying that when you do judge, be prepared to be judged accordingly. Because by their fruit, you shall know them. By your fruit, you shall be known. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't judge lest he be judged by the same standard that you're using to judge others, because by their fruit and by your fruit, they shall be known and you shall be known. Does does your church, does your pastoral staff, and do your Sunday school teachers understand that basic biblical principle, or have they bought the lie that's so pervasive in our culture that cherry-picks a portion of this particular sermon from Jesus and ignores the primary message? of Jesus. You know, so and it's not just the church, okay? The 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 church, the Sunday school and the church, the preaching from the pulpit. It's not just the pastoral staff. I've been saying for years that all of these numbers that I've just rattled off don't just apply to the evangelical church, but it all these numbers also apply to you to your evangelical colleges. I'll say that one more time. These numbers are not just about your evangelical church. They're about your evangelical Christian colleges that your churches sponsor and help pay for. I would argue that by definition, the situation is even worse at your church-funded colleges than perhaps in your local church. I think the numbers, can't prove it right now, but I know the numbers in your local Christian colleges are are worse than the numbers that I just rattled off to you concerning your local church. I I worked in the holiness church industry my entire career. I was the vice president of a free Methodist college. I was a dean of a free Methodist college. I was the president of a Wesleyan institution. The free Methodist denomination and the Wesleyan denomination are uh, holiness denominations. They, they believe, at least historically so, in the authority of the Bible, and it's its prescription. It's prescription for holy living, biblical obedience. Holiness unto the Lord is the old way of saying it. But you can see, even in these holiness colleges and universities, that they're stumbling over themselves to embrace the neo-Marxism of Black Lives Matter, for example. Almost every one of them bought into the BLM lie. They didn't bother to read the fact that BLM is grounded in a mission to queer the nuclear family and to dismantle Western patriarchy. In other words, fatherhood. If they did read that and still embraced BLM, then, oh, oh my land, obviously you need to run the other direction. So, They're stumbling over themselves to embrace neo-Marxism, Black Lives Matter, intersectionality, white privilege, the anti-racism of racism that's promoted by critical theory, critical race theory. Uh, You know when they're doing all of this, when they're running in that direction, and when they're flaunting authors and speakers on their campuses that embrace this nonsense, you know that they've now elevated Marcuse over Moses— and social justice over Jesus. The inerrancy of the Bible and the corollary of self-evident truths grounded in natural law, like the objective revelation of God to man that we see in natural law, common sense, sense that's common, and in the written word of God. I mean, they, they pan this stuff as racism now, even at your local Christian schools. So if you think that sunday school is the solution then you need to look at the fact that a lot of your sunday school t- teachers are graduates of christian schools christian universities that are that are criticizing the judeo-christian ethic the biblical worldview rather than embracing it and any time any time they're talking about quote-unquote christian authors that are writing in favor of intersectionality and white privilege and systemic racism, blaming the system rather than encouraging personal repentance, looking out the window and pointing the finger at everybody else and saying, you're the problem, not me, that's not the gospel. Again, back to my point, G.K. Chesterton, when he was asked, what's wrong with the world, he responded. And the story there is this, before I tell you again what his response was, the story is this, because he was such a popular writer, everybody was reading, G.K. Chesterton in the early 1900s there was a London periodical one of the primary newspapers asked him to write an essay write an essay we'd like to publish an essay Mr Chesterton on what's wrong with the world because everybody is concerned the world is spinning out of control keep in mind this was in the world war 1 uh, world war 2 era the world was spinning out of control Marxism was on the rise. Uh, moral nihilism was, was pervasive. You had the ideas, the ideology of, of Rousseau and Nietzsche and Freud and Marx coming home to roost. And this London newspaper asked G.K. Chesterton to write an essay, What's Wrong with the World? Clearly, they were asking him to write that essay in the context of these prevailing worldviews. Worldviews that were infiltrating even into the church, even into Sunday school, even into colleges and universities that were founded by the church. All of these entities were enamored with these new ideas, again, of Freud and Marx and Nietzsche and Rousseau. And Chesterton's response when he was asked to write this essay was to present an essay. He he did provide a written response, and this is all it said. And I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have it in front of me, but my memory is pretty sharp on this one I remember very well. He responded to the editor, and he said, Dear sirs, with regard to your request for an essay as to what is wrong with the world, I provide the following. I am. Sincerely yours, G.K. Chesterton. Now, isn't that fascinating? In those few simple words, Chesterton pokes a stick in the eye. Of the lie of culture, of the lie of radical Marxism, of the lie of intersectionality, white privilege, critical theory, of the lie of Marcuse. He elevates the teachings of Moses and the teachings of Jesus. He elevates biblical truths over and above the lies of man. And he does so by... Simply saying, anything that leads us to blame others rather than to confess our own sins is wrong. And that's what's wrong with the Lord. If your church isn't teaching that, sending your kids to Sunday school is not going to solve the problem. Because wolves in shepherds' clothing are downright deadly. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.